What about you personally? Do you think your name is representing his really well? Or are there times in your life like me you would like to get a name change? Is everybody, anybody, you know, I've had friends at school and friends at places that, Lord Jesus, the names, their names, their surnames, or their first names were so atrocious. I just want to say, baby, go get a new name. I would not live with that. And, and I know many, many people have just, there are times in our lives, though, when we are representing by our name, something that God never re really intended for us to represent. So I want to talk to you for the rest of my time here shortly about name changes. Because when you change the name, you change the game. So name changes always marked very deep, significant commitment and relational, real big relational changes in the Word of God. And they always showed us the lives that, the new lives have more meaning. The New lives have new direction and, and they have new nature. It's that name change that something, there's an encounter that causes there to be a name change. And of course, the nearest analogy that I can tell you about in modern day and in our time, even though there may be people that are far against it, determining on the patriarchal and political and implications, but marriage is one of those analogies because in marriage when it's still customary in most English-speaking countries for a woman to change her name and to take on that of her husband and what and at that point the change of name is a very public statement of a brand new commitment and a giving and an entering into and each taking on the other's life and the old single life is be put behind us and the new name marks the start of a brand new life. That is a name change in our culture. But I want us to look at a name change from Genesis, the 32nd chapter. I will not read the entirety of this story. I will tell it to you. But I have to get to this important part. Here's Jacob wrestling with God because wrestling with an angel. And many think it was God. It was an angel of God. And um, it represents God no matter which way your, um, your theology is. It, it represents God that's with whom he was wrestling and the word says that in the 22nd verse and he rose that night and took his two wives he'd already been deceived and he his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the fort of Jabbok he took them sent them over the brook and sent over what he had then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day the King James says an angel. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, the man says, what is your name? This is the key phrase here. And he said, what is your name, Jacob? And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For Jacob means deceiver, remember, but Israel means prevailer. For you have struggled with God and with men and have now prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped 
on his hip. Now, if I were to tell you the story, you would understand and remember. Some of you may not know the story, but Jacob was... Uh, uh, he went and worked for a man named Laban, and Laban deceived him, and we'll get into that. But it starts off with Jake, uh, Jacob's life began with his mother teaching him how to deceive. Boy, is that a lesson. And uh, other people told him. They began to put labels and put him in the name and the reputation that he would follow after all of his life. And um, Jacob's mother was very pushy, and she favored Jacob over all the other bro uh, the brothers. And basically, she's teaching him how to deceive his way into a blessing that really was not his. And she kind of got it from behind the scenes. So he li literally was living out his life by, through, and with other people dictating that. So we live life most of the time in independence, we think. We think we're our own person, bless God. We take a step back sometimes and realize that voices behind us are really sometimes, and we want good voices behind us always. But many times it's negative voices that are defining who we are instead of the voice of God and those that are in agreement with the voice of God. And now this is where Jacob was. So he's more defined now by others than basically he really is himself finally comes to this place of wrestling. He's actually been re wrestling for, for about 14 years because he ended up working for Laban. And here's the funny thing. Laban, as I said, was a deceiver also. It's something in me immediately goes there. What goes around comes around. Mm. What you reap, you will sow. But he deceived him out of his labor, his wages, and two wives... And I really could go off on Jacob right now for the way he treated Leah. But I'm not. I'm just going to stay focused on this message. But here's the deal. He, it was when Jacob was working for, for himself, working for what he himself thought he was. He had been labeled his entire life now. And what he had been told he was, that he realized he had this epiphany. Oh, when he started looking and seeing the characteristics of this label through another set of eyes because it's coming back on him, then something deep in him that was given to him by God somehow rose up and said, Oh, that's not really who I am. I may have been acting like that. How many times have you had an epiphany when you've seen yourself in other people? Well, some of you aren't telling the truth, but the rest of you, I appreciate it. So Jacob does this in his epistle, and he has to deal with it. It's at that moment he has to decide, am I going to wrestle? Am I going to wrestle? Am I going to do whatever it takes to come out of this different? And Jacob is now, at that point, he's about to go back into his old environment because it's very easy to do that. And God pulls him to one side and said, wait a minute, come over here. We're about to have a one-on-one. -on -one. And I would just advise every one of you, when you find yourself in that wrestling place and you're in that place of uh, uh, angst and, you know, you feel something deep inside but something's pulling you here, I would absolutely, biblically advise you to set yourself aside and let God have a one-on-one -on -one with you for a while because there's something about to happen here. The wrestle is on now. He knows, God knows, what's in you. He knows more than anybody because he created you 
he knows what's deep inside of you, the dreamer that's in you that has been lost somehow. He's after the dream, but he's more concerned about the dreamer. He wants you to be whole and healthy. He wants you to be able to produce what he's called you to. So at this point, God is pulling something out of Jacob that he placed in him in the beginning. And there is an encounter that takes place. And this is the biggie. At that point, there is a hip that's dislocated. I want to tell you, then follows a limp. And you have heard this many times if you've been in services and heard people preach on this. The, the absolute um, parallel there is the way it affects the way we walk. An encounter with God. That's why my heart is so set on our teenagers and this generation experiencing an encounter with God because it will sustain you when nothing else will in the dark times. It will sustain you when everything is confusing. You go back to that one-on-one -on -one moment and time with God that made you different, that made you get up and walk different. Yes, you got a limp and I don't trust very many people that don't have a limp these days just saying because that limp is a physical marring it's saying look I have been with God and I have come out victorious and then this thing happens something that is so powerful when he saw he did not prevail against him watch this in the 25th verse of the 32nd chapter he touched the socket of the hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for the day breaks but he said I'm not going to let you go no Jacob has got it now he said uh uh I'm not letting you go I'm prevailing until you bless me I am not going to let go and that is when he said I now will change your name. It's something about prevailing in the spirit. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will not stop until God, you change something in me. I have been doing this for 14 years and it's enough. I've got to have a name change. And not until you get the name change does your game change. Never does. You have to have the name change. Now Israel, he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. And here's what he said. Oh, God said, no, 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 no. Your name is not Jacob anymore, the deceiver. Actually, you are Israel. You're not a deceiver. You're a prevailer. And before you go home to all those people who have kept you in that box, all those people who've told you who you are and what you were, all those years, you better know right now that I am changing the way you walk. And you've got to know so that when you go back, there is proof that you have a name change and that you are different and it's not like they thought and the scripture says he walked away from the wrestle with this angel not only with a new name but with a physical limp and I believe so much in this time with God and I I wish my time allowed me to really delve into some of the things the Lord showed me after ha having studied this many 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 times in the past but I believe genuine people usually have a limp they they didn't read about it they didn't hear about it they didn't take somebody else his story on. They had their one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus themselves. They came face to face with God Almighty. And God is going to give a new name to some people in this house today. No one, 
No one can name it for you. Only God can name it. No one. Somebody needs a new name in here. And I believe that's going to happen. It's, and I, I have just watched as a pastor, as I've seen marriages, how they have been named. You know, we just barely make it. You know, it's a, we, we fight all the time, but we're still. In, hey, it's time to rename your marriage. How about naming it peace? How about naming it joy? How about naming it happiness and speak it over it? But you have to have an encounter and you have to wrestle and declare that you will not listen to the world. You will not do what everybody else says. Well, that's just marriage after 10 years. That's the way it is. No, that isn't the way it is. God has a new name for your finances. God has a new name for your health. God has a new name that he will speak over you. And I believe that God is going to do that. Something about the sound. I love this. When I was watching and listening and, and, and reading and studying about the names, and there's so many. There's Saul, you know, that was, I mean, he was killing the Jews, he, uh, killing the precious people of God and destroying them. And God changed his name through an encounter to Paul. He said, look, you were killing and destroying. Now I'm going to make you a deliverer. I'm going to change your name. And he did. There was, there were Simon that was named Peter. We, there's so many wonderful names that God changed in the, in the Bible, but I love this thing. It's an identity change. It's a DNA change. It's an association. It's a vision change. It's a purpose change when God comes to change your name. But this is what I felt the Spirit of the Lord was saying last night. He reminded me of when we were naming our children, how we would say the name. And, you know, we would try to say it out loud to ourselves because we want to hear how it sounds. Before the baby was born, I've got a message here for you. Before the baby was even birthed, we're trying to find the right name. It was something about the sound. If I could just say it, then, and, and he and I, Randy and I, we'd go through now, oh, Randy. Randy, mm, that just doesn't sound right. Randon Marshall Clark. It sounds right. So what did we do? We called him that for several months before he ever got here. Because once the vision and once the dream was there, I would be able to already recognize, hold it, and be comfortable with it. Because the name was already familiar. And I was already making a relationship with it. Some of you want to wait till everything's manifest. You better go ahead and name it right now and say, this is the way it's going to be. And this is the new name God has given me right now and I just am going to say it the sound there's something about a sound oh there are new sounds that's happening in the earth today and I'm telling you when you speak that new sound something happens I'm going to uh, I'm going to skip over because I want to I want to get to this major guy Abraham who had a name change it was from Abram to Abraham and until his name changed his game didn't change I love it God God was, was so incredibly powerful to him. But Abraham, he was not a...